you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves and be part of this. And thank God for you. Thank God. We, we spent yesterday, we've been talking about a lot. So we've been mentioning what goes on uh, when we go out in these churches, why we feel so compelled. We've been, we've been kind of still on narcissism, but talking about, you know, just about everybody we know with PTSD has been obviously caused by a narcissist, uh, unless it's been caused by an accident you've been in or something like that. It's generally, uh, this is real. So we were talking about just kind of how we ended up where we're at. And Kevin told the story about where he's working right now, uh, the temporary duty God has him on, or we used to call it TDY in the army. It's TDY with God. And Kevin's on temporary duty all over the place here, there, and next place down the road. So pray for him. And I want to give you an update before I introduce him this morning. I want you guys to write this down. K-Rob, K-R-A-U-B, Kilo Romeo Alpha Uniform Bravo. And and uh, at woundedspirits.com. That's, uh, that's Kevin's email address. And so he's got that. He's wired in. So if I say it again, uh, pick on him uh, at the same time you guys are picking on me. Or just, you know what, just pick on him. Make the next couple of weeks about picking on him. So if you got a question or something, just write him. And say, and especially those of you who say the stupid stuff, like, you know, actually, you know, Matthew 22 is better than Mark 8 or something. Send that to him. He enjoys that. He'll, he'll look forward about that. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, but no, we appreciate all that, folks. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank God for Amen. you. Uh, we appreciate all you. So good morning, Kevin. Good morning, sir. So what's the name of the Air Force Base that you're outside of right now? Hill Air Force Base. I'm about uh, two blocks away from Hill Air Force Base outer outer perimeter fence, and I'm loving the F fifteen uh, F thirty five. In fact, I, I I sat down and had pizza uh, with a uh, a thirty five pilot last week, and he was an F sixteen pilot. And I asked him the two questions. I said, which which one's funnest to 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 fly, I almost said drive. And which one would you rather take into, into battle? He said, the F 16 is hands down the sports car. It is fun to fly. He said that 35 is, uh, is, is, you know, miles ahead on when it comes to technology, obviously it's stealth technology plus the avionics and, and, uh, radar and, and electronic warfare capabilities are unbelievable. But, uh, he said, if, uh, he said, if we get into a big one with Russia or China, he said, I would not want to be in, in anything, but the old, uh, in old in quotes, the F 35, because, uh, of what we'd be up against. So yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool base to be around. It is, it is. Then uh, by the way, that guy was a good Christian, the F 35 pilot. He, he lit up when I told him about Jesus and asked him if he knew my savior. And he said, Oh yes, I love him too. Wow. 
I like that. Well, folks, I'm telling you, there's some godly people all around the place. We just got to find them, link up, hook up, keep on leading folks to the Lord, sharing the gospel. I want to just by way of an update, I want to take a couple minutes and you know that uh, part of our goals, it's not the end game. We still got going out in the churches and doing workshops and going on bases and getting groups going and chapters and those types of things. So we'll talk about chapters in a minute. Uh, but we wanted to go ahead and tell you that we're still moving forward with the retreat at heart. As a matter of fact, we've had a couple of the best donation weeks we've ever had. Uh, it's just finding the right place. Uh, at one time, you remember we were going to Indiana and the, the church that was going to sell us the land bailed out. And uh, and, and that's okay. And, and God's given us a direction here in the Carolinas. And, and I got to tell you, folks, I believe it'll be in upstate uh, South Carolina. Um, I, th- I think it's a, it's a really great place for a retreat. We're looking at land. Matter of fact, one of the couples that may sell us some land is in the process of, uh, uh, getting some assessments and finding out exactly what the land is worth and, and things of that nature. As most of you know, these last three years in real estate have been a total nightmare for real estate prices. People been looking at houses and land and, and selling it for 40 grand or, or, you know, 50% more than they wanted for it or something like that. So things have leveled out a little bit, which has slowed us down for a while because God had really put it on my heart, slow down. We don't have to pay triple price for land and with the interest rates and those types of things, things have come back down and God's doing a work and we'll, we'll keep you up on that. But we want you to know that we're pretty sure that God is leading us here to the upstate in South Carolina. And then once we get the land, we'll raise the rest of the money to pay that off. And then uh, as soon as we can, we're going to get a main activity building there. And we're not sure if the activity building will be hooked to a motel type of facility or a lot of people around this area that have conferences and things of that nature are going like these little houses. They have a major sewerage area. And so there'll be these like little cottages hooked by hallways or something that'll give people some freedom. But at the same time, uh, everybody be hooked into one another. So we're looking at that, and it's a little bit cheaper, actually. So pray with us about that as we move forward. And so with that in, with that in mind, I'm just going to share a quick verse with you, and then we'll let Kevin go ahead with the chapters that we do, or basically the Wounded Spirits groups at, uh, in, in little churches. Um, he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto the Lord, and he which he have given will he pay in him again? You know, so God reminded us, if you have pity, boy, I I just want to have pity, Kevin. And and part of the way we have pity, part of the way we do those things we do is by having local wounded spirits groups and churches. And and tell us about what you do in that area. Yes, sir. Well, as the chapter director, I am so privileged to be able to offer the resources and the, the biblical approach to PTSD um, to, to the world. And, and so just like, uh, just like Chick-fil-A has the great chicken and Chick-fil-A has the great business model, the way that they do things, you know, my son works for Chick-fil-A. So they set the world, the Guinness Book of World Records at his Chick-fil-A for the fastest drive-through, you know, in history. And, and so they, they, they do what they do, right. They, they've got a great model. They've got a great way of vetting, people and then they they have uh they they put great chicken out there and so (laughs) the biblical approach to ptsd really is a great thing and brother god used you obviously to write that book and in answer to the challenge that the lord had given you and um and i've sold a couple cases of them already just in a short period of time Uh, just like 
you know, Chick-fil-A has its franchises where individuals say, we need to offer this to our community and I want to be used to do it. They do it for money. A nonprofit ch- chapter is a, is a, ch- is where a church sets up a, a, um, a point of distribution for the truth of God's word on PTSD. And it uses the videos. If they start a chapter, they're basically starting a weekly meeting where um, typically they show a video and, you know, which oftentimes is, is, is the first hour and discussion and so forth. And then the second would be a workbook and there's different ways to do it, of course. But, um, and there's slides and PowerPoint, but, you know, it's a weekly meeting and it's, it's backed by the, you know, the consultant, uh, ministry that we have, you know, as far as them calling and getting help. And then, um, it started with the help, you know, I'm the chapter director at this point. So I, I'm planning on going to as many churches as I can help them get started up with this thing. We do it on military bases. It's local church base, but oftentimes it's done on a military base or it could be done at a VA. It could be done at a, you know, a military veterans group. It could be done in a, a, a community hospital. I went into Fort Benning and the, the hospital at Fort Benning um, said, well, can we just do this in the hospital? And so the idea was, yeah, so our our desire is, brother, just to reproduce what God's given us around the world, and that's what the chapter does. Yeah, and that's a wonderful thought and about where you can do it. You know, the local church, the hospital, as Kevin was saying, we have it at VA centers. We have it at a radio station in Bemidji, Minnesota. They use the backroom conference room. Uh, they're at a local Christian radio station, and they have a group meeting there every Tuesday. And and so, again, you know, now they have a local church that sponsors them and takes care of uh, any needs they have and things of that nature. But, but, folks, it's just an idea of getting people together and looking at God's Word and applying that to the junk we go through in life. And it's a wonderful thing when you can apply something to the junk you go through in life. It's wonderful when God says something and you look at that and say, man, that's what I was going through a couple weeks ago. Uh, That's what's been on my heart and mind. And God's saying, let go, let go. And uh, that's what these groups are all about. That's what these chapters are all about. The opportunity for a group of people to get together and, and Kevin may be having a bad day and I may be having a bad day and, and uh, you know, Tammy and is having a great day and Billy over here is having a great day and they're seeing some wonderful things in God's word and God stamps it right on the heart. And uh, so you have your group leader, Kevin may lead a group uh, uh, or something like that. You know, a man from another church, we have ladies groups, there's an actual ladies group going on. So we want to let you know that these are real, they're ongoing. Uh, we're trying to get one everywhere we can. Kevin would love to talk to you about that. So again, K-Rob, Kilo, Romeo, Alpha, Uniform, Bravo, and uh, at WoundedSpirits.com. And and uh, folks, we'd love to talk to you about that and show you a little bit about chapters. We're going to come back. We said we we're going to talk about worst case scenarios. We're going to. So we'll be right back. Hang with us. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements.
So in 2014, we had our first camp. Now, a camp is the idea of uh, basically a workshop where you're all in. There's no outside distractions. You have the whole camp to yourself. There might be volleyball, basketball, maybe a boat ride, depending on the time of the years and things of that nature. But you have the whole place. So you have these workshops. You're, you're away from your church family, family and friends. In some case, that's really good to do that. And you can just open up. And what's set at camp stays at camp. And in 2014, we had this idea. Let's just have a camp. And uh, these folks, uh, uh, Charlie Hatchett was running a camp called Camp Joy, Wisconsin, up in Whitewater, and uh, about 45 minutes or an hour outside of Milwaukee. And he invited us, said, let's try this. And boy, we just packed in the camp. And, uh, and we were on a local radio station. I mean, it was exciting. It was new. And the worst case scenario I had, there was a man that came to that camp. Uh, and he had commanded Marines in Fallujah, the first battle of Fallujah, the terrible one. Mm. And uh, anyway, he lost more than half his men. Uh, the intelligence was off. People couldn't get to him. Finally, after about 20 hours, they were able to get some Army Special Forces and some Rangers and some infantrymen were able to get in there and get a lot of them out. But by the time things were said and done, sometimes when you get intelligence, when, you, when you're told it's all clear, there's no enemy there. Uh, boy, they're hiding. You know, they hide in holes and ditches and tunnels or whatever and buildings. And um, well, anyway, you can imagine that type of loss. And we've seen it a lot, unfortunately, in our history. And uh, this man came back and ended up getting medically discharged from the Marine Corps and, and losing half his men. And well, he, he got a good job. And his life was just upside down. He was always suicidal. He was a, he was a major director where he worked. And um, and his wife found out that we're having this get together and what was going on and a letter went out and she said, you know, you go or you're without a wife, you go to camp or it's over for us. There's, there's no in between stuff. You either go or it's over. And, uh, so from that, the guy shows up and we went through a week and I mean, there were people there. There was a, a doctor there, a nurse practitioner and it was, you know, the room was full. And there was special music. There were church sent up their entire choir. And as a matter of fact, Kevin, two of Kevin's daughters were there at that first camp and, wow. and, and playing music and things of that nature. And I mean, God was just in it. And people, it seemed like people were getting saved and, and people were changing. We didn't know what to, what to look for, what was going to happen, what direction we were going. But I knew there was one guy that always had his arms crossed and was miserable. And every day there was a group of us, people who were working at the camp, but us, we would go back and say, so-and-so still got his arms crossed and tears are running down his face and he's, he's miserable and it's terrible. We're worried he's going to commit suicide. So every day I would go out of my way to knock on his door 10 minutes before chow and offer him a quick cup of coffee, hang with him, talk to him, all those types of things. And we went through the whole week and, and you could see people's their countenance changed. I mean, lives were changing. God was doing a work and things were really happening to this one guy. And on Friday morning, we had a one mile fun walk run, use your wheelchair. We don't care, you know, just do a mile, drive your car. And, uh, <laughs> and uh, we're going to clap when you go across the finish line. It doesn't matter. So we had people out there. So I walked out. I didn't know who was going to show up. 
everybody showed up. Uh, by the time I walked out of the second floor of the speaker's room up there at Camp Joy, and I, I walked out on the porch, Ben Gay filled the air. I mean, ointment, Ben Gay. <laughs> Ice packs on people. And I looked down, and everybody's out there. Kids, grown people. It was the craziest thing I ever saw. A guy with one leg. I was like, God. <laughs> I just pray that nothing goes bad here, Lord. I, these are great people here. And uh, so I went out there and I, I, we prayed and I, I started the one mile fun walk, run, drive your car, hop in a golf cart. We don't care, run. And anyway, sure enough, everybody takes off. And I mean, this fellow who commanded Marines in battle and, and stuff, he went out and ran. So anyway, um, an eight-year-old girl would have won. <laughs> One of our missionaries with AFPM, a former Marine, actually won. He came, he came busting across the line about 30 seconds ahead of an Army lady. And not too far behind him, an Army guy with a wooden leg. I mean, <laughs> you could hear, thump, thump. The guy was trying to beat a Marine with a wooden leg. I'm like, brother. <laughs> You know, you win the first place award for any, for people running with one leg. It's all right, man. Uh, but but anyway, while we were there, and and uh, this little eight year old girl was winning, and her dad yelled at her and said, "Hang on!" And he ran by her, and went across the finish line first. And but it, it wasn't a speech to crowd or anything like that. But anyway, we all laughed. We got everybody in. I drove up and down the road looking for people. I went up, showered, got ready for breakfast, and man, the camp just threw everything out there. And then we were praying for this one guy. He might kill himself. I, this was the most terrible of terrible. We were thinking he's going to kill himself. And uh, I remember they came and they banged on my door about 15 minutes before breakfast. And they said, oh, Brother Carragher, one of your men is on the backside of the chapel. He's throwing up. He's crying. He's banging up against the wall back there. And I went running out of the room. I mean, I just beat feet. I yelled to Debbie, who was finishing up in the restroom there. And I getting ready. I said, honey, get on to breakfast, have someone else pray. I'm going to go work with somebody. And when I got out there, he looked at me and he said, I just can't do it anymore, Doug. I just can't do it. I need to get saved. I can't lie. He said, I lost half my men in battle. I've lost half of them since I've been back. He said, in suicide, I can't do this. Help me to help them. And we cried and we prayed and we cried just long story short, I know it took some time. We'll let Kevin to give his worst story here, but just long story short, on Sunday morning, nine members of his immediate family joined the Baptist church right outside of Milwaukee where he was from. Folks, let me tell you, God can take care of the hopeless. So, Kevin, give us one of your hopeless ones out there. Oh, my soul. Yeah, brother, I don't want to tell you, that's almost holy ground. Um, that wasn't a guy that was up a tree yelling in Farsi, was it? No, uh, I that, forgot about that, that a, guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you might want to tell that because yeah. also I was I was just going to mention that I was recently when we were in Colorado, I was at a different church and you were at on one particular night and and uh, I was talking to a, a visiting pastor, so a pastor from California, Redding, California, was visiting this church, and while I was there, um, he got a text as I'm standing there talking to him. Uh, and the text said simply 20, 22, just, just a number two, two, 22. And so the guy texted, the pastor texted back to his buddy from Reading. I think it was a guy in his church and said, what is this about? What's 22? And he said, that's the new number. It just clicked up from 21. Well, what, what do you mean? 21? He said, that's, uh, the man that was writing and saying the people that served under me downrange in, in wherever it was, he was a Marine, uh, in this, in this current former war that we just had, um, 
that's the new number that took their lives that it was current someone had just taken their life and um yeah so you know that's just that just was what came to my mind as you were telling your story you're it is common for to come back from combat and because of the nature of of the um Oh, you know, because of the nature of society, because of the nature of stuff, there's just junk, junk in the trunk, you know. And um, in fact, I'll just before I hand it to you, I'll just say this. Um, I was talking to a guy and we were both we were both agreeing that PTSD is the cause of it is oftentimes what just just like you and I, we're, we're guys. If we had a truck, especially when you're younger, a lot of times you take it, you take your truck and you throw stuff in the back of the truck or behind the seat of the truck. Or if it's a four door, you throw stuff in the, on the floor of the back seat, you throw soda cans, you throw wrappers, you throw this, you know, whatever you throw a tool, a tool, a tool bag. And, um, and, and then eventually, you know, if it's a car, uh, this guy was telling a story that there was a time where he was he was a youth leader and he had stuff in the back seat. Well, all of a sudden he was gonna he was uh, it wasn't just gonna be him and his wife in the front seat. They were gonna have three or four or five or six in the back seat. So he took the stuff and threw it in the trunk. And what it, what it would amounted to is the whole thing of you throw junk slowly and it accumulates. You throw it back behind you. Then you say, "Uh oh, I've got to put it in the trunk." And it's just from one place to another. And that's what PTSD is. That guy that was at camp that you described, brother, you know, what can, you know, he just doesn't know what to do with it. He's, he's thrown it back and he doesn't know there's another place and it's called the cross. It's called the empty tomb. And that, and, and that's folks, the place. We are, are going to keep this going tomorrow. We sure do love you. Doug at woundedspirits.com. Kate Rob at woundedspirits.com. We'd love to hear from you tomorrow. Come back. Thanks. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation, outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, Understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.